This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. I consider Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to be my arch nemesis. Even though I say this, I know we have one thing in common. That is, we both have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. For Grandpa Joe, that's because he is a bad person. For me, it's because I sleep on a mattress made by Novilla, today's sponsor. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Like I said, I personally sleep on a Novilla mattress, and it has done wonders for me. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress today. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. A reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. What is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords, and what is up? Welcome to yet another greatest episode of all time episode of Cancel Sweezy, the only the only podcast out there uh, that's playing the secret chord uh, uh, that pleases the Lord, trademark, out there. Welcome to the show today. Um, like I said, this is our best show we have ever made, we will ever will make. And are ever going to make. This is the greatest. This is the greatest show. Uh, like as I said, this is Cancel Sweezy, folks. For those of you who are uninitiated uh, to the cause today, uh, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. That is Cancel Sweezy. I am your host, Sweezy. You probably more likely know me as the Foreplay King, and some of you may even call me. So welcome to the show today. Um, literally our best episode ever conceived under uh, consensual con- conception, if that's the right word. But welcome to the show today. Like I said, um, we literally are making the best show on the planet right now. I can't imagine any other podcast is doing what I'm doing. And uh, the only show out there giving you the truth, giving you honest opinions, and uh, not bullshitting you. I like that. So, yeah, thank you for uh, clicking on my beautiful face today, whether you're watching the video of the full episode or you're checking out uh, a highlight, which I guess you wouldn't see this part because this part would be edited out, or you're listening on the audio-only platform, the uh, the coolest way to support Daddy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you're here. Um, I don't know if you're queer, but you're going to have to get used to it. So, uh, yeah, um, one thing I always have to say is I have music out everywhere, everywhere that you are getting music and and stuff like that. It's like Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Deezer. Wherever you stream your music these days, I am there, and uh, you should be getting that. This is the type of guy you get. Casting. <laughs> It's just like two of them just started playing one. But no, you gotta check it out. I have Ride or Die Volume 2 out there. There's Ride or Die Volume 1. Uh, and then there's another EP King. And uh, why don't you 
press one of those follow type buttons that all those sites have. That way you get updated when I release new music. So uh, it's a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Another great way to say thank you for being a friend is by going on your social medias and following me specifically at the Shweezy, and that is everywhere. When I mean everywhere, I mean everywhere. Um, that is uh, Instagram, that is Twitter, that is Facebook, that is TikTok. I've been tweeting a lot more. I've been wanting more people to follow me over on the t- uh, the Twitter, and uh, so I've been uh, I've been saying stupid shit over there, stupid shit that some people have found funny. And if you are a comedy genius, you will appreciate me. And that's why you need to go and uh, follow me on all social media. I post, post TikToks consistently. Every day I try to post two TikToks. Uh, one is typically from this show, which is a nice little clippy clip. Uh, so if you haven't made it that far, you can go see that. You can also see me on, um, what, what is the other... Um, Facebook too, but Instagram I post a lot, so Instagram is going to be a really good one to follow if you really want to keep up to date uh, with whatever the hell I am up to doing. Uh, but another great way just to say thank you for being a friend is to hit us up on Patreon. Patreon is a great way to financially support everything I do and uh, keep me going, keep me alive, uh, keep me fat or skinny. Um, like like the adult diapers, it depends. So those are just some great ways to say thank you for being a friend. Uh, you can also do some free shit. Like I said, if you uh, are watching me on the YouTubes, uh, you can always smash that subscribe button, hit the like button on the videos and, and or highlights that you do enjoy, um, and leave a comment so I can hear your thoughts uh, on my thoughts, and we can start cool discussions uh, like the smart asses we are. And uh, if you see a highlight that you're like, huh, I have a friend who would like this show, but I don't know where to get them started. Well, the highlights are a great way to get started. So go check out the highlights. Those will go ahead and help you get signed up and uh, help, help, help spread the show. We're trying to infiltrate algorithms. And one of the big algorithms we are trying to infiltrate right now is on YouTube. But I know a lot of people are still audio only, so if you're on the audio side of things, obviously subscribe to the show. That way you get notified every week when we drop our new episodes. Uh, leave a review. Doesn't sound like much, but it does mean the world. And leave us a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 star rating, whatever rating you feel like I deserve, and do it. So all those things I just told you are all great ways of saying thank you for being a friend. And uh, I am, like, super thirsty. I don't know why I'm thirsty. Pulling out the water bottle. Uh, Here's to feeling good all the time by drinking water. (sighs) I hope, like, every sound of that at least made it to the audio side. Some of the video-only people uh, get for free and stuff like that. And so you, you're going to want to check that out. But anyways, though, I think I've gotten said everything I need to say there. Let's get into the news. Now, the news is something that's important to everyone in this world because the news is what we all follow. This is, uh, this is not your small-town local TV station that tells you all the child murders and just kind of bums you out. So how am I, I want to get bummed out today. I know. Let's watch local news. That's not what we're all about here previous week right now. Previous week right now, 
is the news that I filtered out for you. Only news you need to really follow. Uh, you know, people are like, I do my own research on Facebook. Um, and that's not real research. I do my own research in what I just stumbled upon across the week. So, and now I'm here and I'm going to say it for you and talk about it with you. So, um, Phil Franco would say, let's just jump into it. Michael Cohen says Donald Trump told him if one of his kids had to go to prison to make sure it was Donald Jr., not Ivanka. Uh, this is from Business Insider. Uh, That's rough, buddy. Uh, Donald Trump's former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, claimed Trump said that if one of his kids had to go, go to prison over the family business to make sure it was Donald Jr., not Ivanka. Speaking to MSNBC on Saturday, Cohen said Trump gave him the instruction when his children were on the verge of being indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office in 2012. You may recall that there was the District Attorney's case where uh, here for Trump Soho where it was either Don or Ivanka was in a very big trouble as a result of lying about the number of units that had been sold. Cohen told MSNBC's Alex Witt, and Donald said it to me. I mean, I wouldn't say if it wasn't said directly to me. He goes, if one of the other has to go to prison, make sure that it's Don, because Don would be a, would be able to handle it. Uh, Cohen spoke to MSNBC about the mounting pressure on the Trump family amid the probes into the Trump Organization's financial dealings on the January 6th riot. New York Attorney General uh, Latita James has said her investigation into the Trump Organization has uncovered significant evidence of fraudulent and misleading assets valuations. Uh, James has taken legal action to enforce and enforce the subpoena issued to Donald Trump and his children, Donald Jr. and Ivanka, who she says were closely involved in the transactions in question. Meanwhile, the January 6th committee investigating the insurrection has asked Ivanka Trump to voluntarily cooperate with their probe. Cohen said he believes there is not a chance that the former president would offer to cooperate with the investigation to shield his daughter from legal troubles. Donald cares about Donald more than he cares about his children, Cohen said MSNBC. Trump's former lawyer also said that he he believes the chances of the Trump children cooperating with either probe are slim to none. This week, Trump complained that the vicious January 6th committee in New York Attorney General in targeting his children as part of their investigations. It's a very unfair situation for my children. Very, very unfair, Trump told the Washington Examiner in an interview published Friday. Cohen was formerly one of the most trusted members of Trump's inner circle and was jailed in 2019 for three years for lying to Congress in financial crimes relating to hush money payoffs to two women who claimed they had affairs with Trump. He has turned on his former boss in his 2020 memoir, Disloyal, alleged that Trump is a racist and con man who has committed tax and financial crimes. A Trump spokesperson denied Cohen's claim and said he was attempting to profit off of lies. Cohen has been cooperating with prosecutors in several investigations into Donald Trump and the Trump Organization. Now, um, in regards to this January 6th bullshit, like, what investigation are they having? Like, we're going to investigate what's going on here. You, they filmed him saying that we need to take action. To, we got to take action to take care of everything. It's on. And then he's basically encouraging people to try to storm the Capitol and shit like that. Like, what investigation? You have the proof. Um, I've seen people do less proof to get, like, like cops will do less proof to get black people in jail, like, but they have to do thorough research on something that's been filmed, that was literally filmed, and proof. Like, if they had a court case, they have to show 
the videos of him doing it and then show more videos. And that's proof enough he needs. He's like, well, sounds pretty obvious. And then the jury will be like, that runs my case. I don't know. I don't know why it's ta- doing so long. It's just showing that if you have money, uh, you can't get in trouble because uh, the only people who go to jail are poor people and shit like that. And, uh, yeah, if you have money, you can get out of anything. And even if you do get in trouble for, like, tax evasion, like, you're really in that much trouble. Like, it's shit like that. I don't know, rich people. So, anyways, though, I just think it's funny uh, going over this, uh, going over this thing. It's just like, make sure it's Donald Jr., not Ivanka. Now, um, I don't know the business dealings of the family business here. Um, but I could have sworn that it would have made more sense for them to pick Eric, because Eric is the dumbest looking of all of them. I think Don Jr. Um, could look better. He just needs to, like, fix his hair. I think just the complete slick back is not good. I don't know if he needs hair like mine. Not that works. Maybe just, like, a, something shorter. Uh, he could look normal, and uh, if he would just shut his mouth, maybe he'd be fine. Ivanka is the most normal. I think I think it makes sense. But like, yeah, I feel like... If I was going to pick a favorite child in that family, it's going to be Ivanka. Um, we don't know about Baron yet, so kind of feel like we shouldn't be making fun of Baron, except for that meme uh, the, with the, him wearing the shirt says the expert, and people were making just like just memes out of that. That was pretty funny. Uh, I don't know anything about Tiffany. Um, apparently, she might be the least favorite. Um, but no, we, we kind of we could already figure out an order. Baron, Baron just didn't make the cut. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it makes sense, but uh, I guess his excuse is Don Jr. handle it better, but we all know the real reason is Donald Trump wants to fuck Ivanka, which is weird, just very weird at that point. It, it, is, a very, it is a very weird thing to want to fuck your own daughter, but that's why people in Alabama love him. And uh, that's the way it is. I feel like a woman, a real woman. Okay, let's move on uh, to our next thing, wherever we have to. Oh my god. This is perfect. This is perfect. Uh, this is from the New York Post. A Portland baseball team's mascot in hot water for exposing his pickle. <laughs> uh, here we go. Someone's in a pickle. The mascot of the Portland Pickles, a summer baseball team in the West Coast League, had its Twitter privileges revoked for sharing a questionable photo during a social media takeover. On Wednesday, Dylan, the team's Dill Pickle mascot, tweeted, New phone, who dis, with a suggestive photo that showed the mascot sitting down, appearing to expose his green genitalia. All right, so I guess we're putting up the photo uh, over here. Uh, <laughs> the team addressed the photo when some Twitter users found the post to be tasteless. We have ended our mascot takeover. It's come to our attention that this photo can be misinterpreted as a disturbing image. The Portland Pickles tweeted. <laughs> uh, the team added, Dylan would like to go on record and say that he was trying to give his fans a thumbs up. Uh, the Pickles said uh, Dylan is in timeout in response to the Lexington legends who called the situation a tough look for mascots everywhere. If the mascot is out of a job after the Twitter debacle, male grooming company Manscaped tweeted, We're hiring Dylan. Uh, the official Twitter account for Snickers tweeted a photo of its signature candy bar wrapped inside a pickle, writing, Maybe you need a snickle. Uh, the pickle replied, This is making a bad situation worse, to which Manscaped wrote, Pretty nuts, to be honest. 
the Pickle emerged in Portland as a wood bat club in 2015. They play home games at Walker Stadium, Portland's Lentz Park. In November, they opened a team store and entertainment clubhouse called The Pickle Jar in downtown Portland. I gotta say, this is the best thing I've read um, in a long time. What was the one last week I read that made me laugh? Um, uncontrollably. What was that? Do I? Can I pull up? Um, it wasn't right now. I think it was two episodes ago, wasn't it? What was the one that made me laugh hysterically? Um, pull up like my old scripts. Okay, and then now that logic crashed. Um, uh, it was PBR tweeting, uh, not drinking this January, try eating ass. Um, that would make me laugh, but I think this one might have topped it. Um, mainly because they used a picture. Um, not eating ass this January, try your mom. <laughs> Welcome to the Portland Pickles. New phone. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. It's so funny. He's like, this is making the best. And the poor people are like, this is making, this is making it worse. The manscapes like, pretty nuts, huh? <laughs> so, I, just, I, just, I just love the idea. It's just, I just love, I want to know the thought process going into this. Like, you know, like, he was going to get in trouble for this. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's how it was. And then, but, like, he's just like, Oh, new photo with little with little thumbs up, little pickle. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Uh, anyways, though, I, this is my new favorite baseball team, folks. I'm not even that into sports, but 100, this is my favorite team of all time. New phone. <laughs> Just look his dick hanging out. And he posted on Twitter. And then like they're not taking it. They're not doing a good job with it either. Pretty nuts, huh? Oh man. Oh. Oh man. Um uh Do pickles have penis? I'm, I'm telling you, he turned himself into a pickle. Funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god. When will the world... Just when I thought I was losing hope in this world, Portland Pickles do that, and uh, they fix the world. They fix the world. I don't even, I don't even know why I, I, don't even know why I pulled this. It just, I just pulled it because it made me laugh. I don't even think I have anything to say about it. It just made me laugh. And I hope it made you laugh, folks. Um, one more time. Let's hear from the studio audience. <laughs> Who are being held by gun. Because um, we just borrowed the Friends one, or whatever they use on Friends. Next one is up from the Kansas City Star. Uh, emergency alert in Gotham City, mistakenly sent by Missouri State Highway Patrol. An emergency alert mistakenly pushed out to cell phones on Tuesday afternoon by the Missouri State Highway Patrol was a test gone wrong. According to the agency, around 5 p.m., cell phones pings in the state alerting residents to a purple or green 1978 Dodge 3700 GT with Missouri license plates sought out of Gotham City, Missouri. There's no such place. Gotham City is the setting of the DC Comics franchise Batman. In a follow-up, the agency issued a second alert around 5.22 p.m. saying the first one was a fake. The Highway Patrol also said on Twitter, there was no alert. 
In a statement later Tuesday evening, the patrol said the alert had gone statewide. It was inadvertently sent during the, a test of the Blue Alert System, which is a regularly measured to ensure proper performance in times of emergency. According to a news release, during the test, an option was incorrectly selected, allowing the message to be dis decimate, decim decimated to the public. There is no emergency alert at this time. The patrol appreciates the public's understanding and support of the emergency alert program. The statement said reactions were swift on social media as observers pointed to the obvious Batman reference in jest. One point out that the car listed in the alert was the same driven by Batman's nemesis Joker in the 1989 film. The Joker is 100% on the loose in Kansas City. One user wrote, someone tell the Batman, said another. Now, Here's the first thing I knew when I saw, like, this is a alert for Gotham City, Missouri. There are so many dumb fucking town names in the state of Missouri that, honestly, at first you'd be like, oh, they're probably, I didn't know there was a Gotham City, Missouri. Hmm. Like, you could tell someone that, and it's 100% believable. There's a California, Missouri. There's a Mexico, Missouri. There's Atlanta, Missouri. Uh, I'm thinking of other dumb fucking name towns. Um, I guess those are the ones I think of, but, uh, there's a dumb name, oh, Milan, uh, like, you know, like Milan, but they call it Milan, <laughs> Missouri. It was like, why, let's just name, um, our shit town after a really great town. And therefore, maybe it'll even out. No, it didn't. Uh, your town sucks, and the name doesn't. The name makes it a little bit worse, uh, to be honest. Um, and uh, that's Missouri. So I, I hundred percent thought I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was a Gotham, Missouri. And then I was like, there is no Gotham, Missouri. I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh, this is a great joke. Um, uh, I, w I kind of wish though, because I don't think as many people would have gotten the Joker mobile. I don't know what's called the Joker mobile. I'm not a big. Into, I don't know a lot about Batman. Um, but I kind of wish they would have tried to get it on the loose billionaire running around uh, in black black car or whatever. If they could like convince the uh, like the the alert or whatever to that that uh, it was Batman on the loose, and not Joker. I guess yeah, it was like be, I guess that would make the joke a little bit better to make it like more alert for the emergencies. Like Joker's on the loose, everyone watch out for the Joker. And uh, but yeah, no, I just like I just. The, the idea, though, is, like, there's a lot of people in Missouri, like, who you would be like, yeah, the uh, emergency alert out from uh, Gotham City, Missouri. They're like, oh, okay. But I don't know. Oh, I wonder where Gotham City is. Like, it's not like, you're not, like, questioning, that doesn't exist. You're like, I wonder where that, I wonder where that is. It's not, it's like, that's the funny thing. Like, uh, Missouri has probably the most unoriginal uh, town names that have ever existed ever. Um Sometimes people just got drunk and named it after the first guy they saw. Uh, Missouri did not try very hard with the town names. And it's surprising that uh, I didn't think very hard when they said Gotham City, Missouri. And uh, and I'm still thinking about that fucking pickle. <laughs> they went on Twitter. There was no alert. I'm like, there was clearly an alert. Um, best you do... Um, the, I guess they, I mean, it would make sense if they, see, if they do shit like that, someone does that, you say it was a practice test. 
and everything is fine. That's what you say. You don't go out there on Twitter in all caps. There was no alert because there was clearly an alert. People saw it. Some people probably even took screenshots of it. Um, if you took a screenshot of it, uh, then that's proof that there was an alert. You. That's why you say it was a practice alert. Um, but it says Missouri Highway Patrol, so it's a bunch of cops. So, uh, so a bunch of dumbasses over there. And uh, one guy who was tired of their shit or wanted to have a re- wanted to have a great way out. So, um, yeah, respect to that person. No respect to any cops out there. If you're a cop, get a better job. Get a job that's actually better for society. Uh, you fucking pig. And, uh, yeah. Because we have our last article of the evening. This is from CBR or Comic Book Resource. Marvel fans return to Civil War's big question, who put coffee grounds in the disposal? Years after the release of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Captain America's Civil War, one question still remains unanswered in the minds of fans, that being, who was putting the coffee grounds down the garbage disposal? During the debate over the Sokovia Accords at the Avengers Compound, Tony Stark asked the question mostly as equipped to defuse rising tensions, but none of the Avengers confessed to the crime, and the question was never addressed again, as the film moved on to the events and led up to the break of the Avengers. Fans on Reddit have pitched many theories on who could have been the culprit, with some providing good theories and others not so much. The author Matt Max Doe listed the suspects Captain America, Natasha Romanoff, Wanda Maximoff, Vision, Rhodey, and Sam Wilson. According to the author and most Redditors, both Cap and Vision are the prime suspects. While Steve Rogers is a good man, he did come from a time when recycling wasn't a social norm. One piece of evidence to support this claim is that Steve drinks coffee, which is backed up by the pickup line to Sharon Carter and Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Additionally, 1940s Americans didn't have espresso coffee, only drip coffee, which could explain why Steve might not know how to properly dispose of coffee grounds. However, one reader, uh, Alan Ned Domain, uh, claimed that even though Cap doesn't fully understand modern-day norms, he wouldn't be so oblivious that he would throw coffee grounds in the sink. Steve also spent much of his time catching up to the current events, on the internet as seen in the first conversation with Sam Wilson in The Winter Soldier. Vision, on the other hand, doesn't drink coffee, but also doesn't fully understand Earth's social norms. Another user, Space Station Crew, also agrees that Vision is the most likely suspect, citing that the android like tried to cook tried cooking pepper cash for Wanda later in Civil War, and di- it didn't turn out well. Uh, however, others defended Vision, stating that he would be too polite to carelessly bleed behind any trash or neglect recycling. In addition, some pointed out that the espresso machine at the Avengers headquarters could have been filter-free and that Vision was likely cleaning up after the others. Other fan theories are less than solid, with some claiming that Scott Lang snuck in to make coffee and afraid he would get caught, panic, and threw the coffee grounds into the disposal. A few claim that Tony was the true culprit and wanted to cover up his tracks by asking the question, perhaps one of the most creative theories is that Nick Fury is behind the coffee ground disposal mystery. Redditor JBX Gang claims that Fury wanted the Avengers to side with the government after Hydra infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. to do so. He had to convince Tony first so he could then persuade the rest of the Avengers to follow his lead. They speculate that Fury was the one who sent Miriam Sharp to Tony earlier in Civil War, raising his guilt about how the Avengers' actions led to the death of her son in Sokovia. While far-fetched, the theory is nonetheless an amusing read. While the MCU has put out movies with a diverse range of themes and epic battle sequences, it's interesting to see how tiny details like this stay in the minds of MCU fans. While the MCU is competing... Completing and moving past the characters' arcs of Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, the answer to the mystery will likely remain unsolved. So, um, 
here's a thought. I know you're not supposed to put copy grounds on the sink, but isn't the garbage disposal fair game? I'm going to see if we can Google that real quick. Um, can you put coffee grounds down the sink disposal? Coffee grounds won't hurt your disposal, per se. They'll actually go on easy and even smell good doing it. But once they get further, they can accumulate like they would in a coffee filter, creating an obstruction in the pipes. Coffee grounds is best disposed of in the compost pile. Um, so, not to put in the... Those are eggshells. We're looking up here. Coffee grounds and eggshells. There's often a question of using disposal for eggshells and coffee grounds. In fact, neither of these tools is harmful to the disposal and will pass through without a problem. However, problems can arise. Also, plumbing, especially if it is older or has not been cleared in some time. Both coffee grounds and eggshells are sedimentary in nature. If too much is placed in at one time or if the plumbing is restricted, it can create a clog or a slow, slow drain situation. To help avoid any problems, feed these materials into the disposer gradually and utilize a strong flow of cold water to help flush things. Yeah, so I, I didn't... So, it's not the worst thing to put in here. Uh, we got to make sure you do it correctly, I guess. So, um, that, and that is always a line because I know I always try, if I ever... This is typically just for French press users only. Uh, most other methods uh, don't involve this. Um, if, you, if you use, like, a paper filter in some way, it's not going to be a problem. Uh, and that's what I always thought, like, I know you got to try to get a good chunk of it in the trash or compost if you do that, but then the rest can go on the garbage disposal. And, the, and they mentioned, no, wait a minute, they mentioned in uh, the original Ant-Man movie that uh, the it used to be uh, an old Stark compound, and they, I guess they remade it into... Uh, the Avengers compound, and everything looks pretty modern in there, because in WandaVision you can't, and I guess in the original, in Civil War, you can't see Wanda's room as well, so a lot of questions there, but uh, I would assume they did redid the sink, they redid everything in there. I have to assume they redid everything in there. I don't think there is a problem, necessarily too much of a problem with uh, putting copy grounds in the garbage disposal, um, that being said, though, who would we speculate? Um, Steve is a good candidate because, um, uh, he, French press, I don't think was entirely super common. I don't believe, uh, we're going to Google this again. When did French press become popular in the U.S.? Uh, okay, so this might have been, he might have known how a French press works. Um, I don't know, it says a French, it came in the 1920s, when a Milanese firm planted into the first print. Um, I don't know the history of the French press. Um, but I can say, though, uh, Steve is a good candidate. I'm going to just do it down. Uh, people living there, I kind of think it's Sam Wilson. I don't think he would... He would give a shit about the sink. He, I think he would just flush it down. I, I kind of feel like that's uh, that's him. And uh, this is the type of guy you get. That sounds like that sounds like Sam Wilson. I think it, I'm going to say Sam Wilson uh, is the most lucky candidate. I still haven't thought about this that much, uh, but overall, I think that's who I would choose. Did you know that 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten? I did, and I don't think that is very cash money, considering 218 billion dollars is the exact dollar amount being thrown away. But now, 
I know you're asking yourself, what can I do to help? Well, today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to solve that problem. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In moments I'm stingy with my diet, I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here's the best part. When you sign up using the link in the description, you get an $80 credit. Holy guacamole from the avocados you can get from Imperfect Food. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Help stop food waste and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. You all know that I'm built different, but I bet you are coming to me to learn how to be built different as well. The only way to be built different is to get yourself supplements from today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So I made an innocent tweet the other day. Just a, just a simple, simple, innocent tweet. Um, simply stating, uh, my generation did not get the birds and the bees. We got the girls in the cup. And uh, with that being said, uh, you know, I talked to a couple other friends about the situation and uh, we discovered something quite interesting. So um, when, you know, uh, you know, at some point we were all children and all my friends generally in the millennial mindset, um, we were all, you know, first of all, we have all seen two girls, one cup. And we've all all heard the term the birds and the bees, and uh, that got me thinking here. I mean, I never got a specific. I mean, I got the sex talk, but I never got like a story about the birds and the bees. So I had to like kind of look into that for a second. Is there a story about the birds and the bees? And so um, today, on my research, I have decided to go into all of that for you and to solve this problem because. Um, even asking a couple of my friends as well, they've never gotten a specific birds and the bees story. I don't know. It's just so weird that like it's common knowledge that when you tell someone's like uh, speaking to them about the birds and the bees, eh? And then at the same time, we all get that that is the sex talk, but we also all don't know the actual story of the birds and the bees. So. I'm probably the smartest person that some of you know. What? And uh, we we have to determine um, what the story is. So I had to do some research. And when I say research, I Googled it. And, um, and when I say I Googled it, Google 
led me to a uh, Reddit thread um, that's, that's kind of asking the same question I'm asking. What is the birds and the bees? Well, folks, today I'm here to answer that question for all of us, not just you, but for me and uh, all of society here today. All society is here to let you know What's the truth behind the birds and the bees? And so, uh... Let's just jump into it. Okay. So, um... So here's what I found on Reddit about what it says. I'm just gonna read it verbatim. Uh, this is, this was like a top comment on the thread. This isn't like any research. I'm just, I'm just reading the top comment. But I know most of you, if you're watching the highlight, or if you're, you know, you're still, you're going full throttle, um... Let's go full throttle into the show already. You're you're now deep. Like, what is the birds and the bees story? So let me get into this. The top comment voted on by other people on Reddit. There isn't really a birds and the bees story. It is just a saying because birds and bees are little natural examples of fertilization. I always thought it was a bit odd because birds and bees are pretty far removed from mammalian reproduction. You'd think we tell kids about it, mice and rabbits or something basic. Basically, it is just a shorthand way of telling your kids how babies are made. I got sex ed in school, and my parents only gave me the basic basics. Uh, example, men and women have sex with our reproductive organs, and that gets the woman pregnant, and she has a baby. No details. School filled in all the specifics. So, um, yeah. Um, I guess I have to talk about my sex ed education. Um, for the most part, uh, um, those of you know, I grew up in a very Christian household, not the super crazy ones, but kind of like the normal Christian ones. Uh, you can st- still still religious trauma, just uh, it's not as bad. And uh, you know, so from from the parents, you know, you get the how like it, it's basically you got decent like how you know the penis you got to stick your penis in, make sure it's wet and consensual, and uh, then do a couple pumps, pump pump it into me, daddies. Uh, and then you, after that, basically, you know, you do the basics. I basically, I'm trying to like explain how sex is, as if I've never had sex before. Um, and I bet a lot of people are thinking the same thing right now. But no, you know the basics. I'm not explaining to you how you have sex. Take your penis in the vagina. You pump it a few times. Sperm comes out. Uh, if if it's God's plan, as Drake would say, um, the baby gets. Um, the egg gets uh, fertilized, and nine months later, you got a little asshole in your house. Um, unless you have uh, one of the wire coat hangers. The plastic ones won't work. So, that's what it But I'm trying to remember how it was like explained to me as a child. So, uh, hopefully that, hopefully now, it, now I've proved myself. I know how sex works. <laughs> I had to prove it. I'm fucking 28 years old, and I have to like prove. Uh, I'm going to prove to everyone right now I know how sex works. Uh and, uh, so, yeah, so basically I got, yeah, I mean, me, yeah, I got the, I got, like, the Christian basics, where it all ends in, uh, but you gotta wait till marriage, and I remember, like, there was a big thing, it's like, you shouldn't joke about sex, um, I remember that, like, you shouldn't make sex jokes or whatever, uh, I remember that was a big part of it, too, because sex is a holy thing between a man and a woman, and that, that probably started, too, and I also want to, I also want to mention that my parents gave it to me and my brother at the same time, and my brother was two years older than me, and I think he was at the right age to hear this talk. I was a little too young, 
And uh, I think that's what messed me up for life. I think, I think if we're going to talk about uh, my Joker origin story, it's going to probably start there and uh, go from there. But, um, yeah, I think in my, my middle school they had a big abstinence thing. Um, I remember, oh, yeah, we went to this, we went to this one fucking um, audit. We went to this one seminar thing. It's like, you got out of class to it. So we're all like, yeah, we're going to fucking go to this fuck school. And so we went to it. And, uh, it, it was like this whole thing about abstinence, like this chick who had like an STD or some bullshit. And, uh, I was wearing like my, I was wearing the shirt that's like, I love chocolate. And they put me up there and they're like, oh, you love chocolate, don't you? And I'm going to put you up on a pedestal. And it was the funniest shit ever. And anyways, um, uh, hopefully, hopefully my generation is a little bit smarter about STDs. Probably. I don't think we are. I, I think my friends are, but my friends are kind of boring at the same time. Only I can be built different if that makes any sense. Um, anyways, that was a funny day. It was like, you don't put someone up on a pedestal for sex or whatever. I'm like, um, men don't do that. We, we nut and run, uh, come and go like the gas station, we'd come and go. And, uh, that's how it works here. Um, but no, so there's no specific and weird. So I always thought like people got to talk that was like, Oh, the birds and the bees, the bees fertilize something and the birds, and, like, you know, I was always thinking about it. I was like, huh, I don't really know how this story works because I've never seen a bee and a bird have sex. I didn't even know that was possible. And I don't even know, because um, I know this thing with birds is you have to do weird, you have to, like, do a DNA sample or some bullshit blood sample, <coughs> bullshit to figure out the gender of it. Um, I think that's what you have to do. Um, I don't know. I, even with animals, I don't really, I don't really like checking genders animals i don't know just i don't even do that with kids either like i don't change i my rule is with diapers um the kid you're either getting paid to do it or the kid had to have come out of you somehow so uh say like say i have so like a man uh, had to come out of your dick you know obviously that creamy white stuff uh and uh and if you're a woman you know obviously you pooped it out um and so yeah so obviously parents have to change their baby's diapers however grandparents are not exempt because uh baby still kind of came out of you at some point grandpa you know you know know, stuck his dick in to your mom he pounded your mom deep decked your mom and then eventually you came out and uh you know you came out of there then yeah it's like a chain of events so grandparents are not exempt so you either had the baby had to come out of you or do that and even then though it's like if i had a kid Changes diapers, like, look, we gotta do this. We're just not gonna talk about it when you're older. Like, when you can do this on your own, we're just gonna stop talking about it. Uh, we're gonna disassociate from any member we have doing this. And that's a fact. So, that's the birds and the bees that apparently a lot of older generations got, which was not a talk at all. It's just a weird metaphor. It's not a story. Teaching about the birds and the bees, um, that doesn't, I don't even know how that even became a thing. That sounds completely stupid. Um, congratulations, you played yourself. But now I think it's more important here, and I've never, never known the story. Let's go to, uh, the, the story of two girls, one cup. Um, we've all seen it, and if you haven't seen it, Google two girls, one cup, uh, place a camera, film your reaction, and please send it in to cancel Sweezy. I cannot imagine that we would get a lot of those. If you have not seen Two Girls, One Cup, and uh, I'm going to say you are categorized as a millennial or an elder Zoomer, you 
I don't know how you've gone this far in life without seeing that. But anyway, so like I said, if you haven't seen it, stop this podcast right now. Stop the show. Stop the video. Go watch it. Film your reaction. Please email it to the shwedcast at gmail.com or you can DM me anywhere uh, at the shweezy. Please send me your reaction to that video. Um, there are plenty out there on the internet. However, um, it's 2022 and uh, I would love to see some fresh faces. So, uh, with that being said, let's get into two, the origins of Two Girls, One Cup. Uh, now, for those of you who have clicked away, watch it. Everyone should have seen it by now. Everyone should have seen this video. And we are, let's let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Um, this is what Wikipedia says on the, um, on the, on the video. Two Girls, One Cup is the unofficial nickname of the trailer for Hungry Bitches, a 2007 Brazilian scat fetish pornographic film produced by MFX Media. The trailer features two women defecating into a cup, taking turns in what appears to be consuming the excrement and vomiting into each other's mouths. Oh my god, I gagged a little bit. Lover's Theme by Hervé Roy plays throughout the video. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't remember the music, but if it started playing, I'm telling you right now, war flashback. Like, I'm not the kind of guy who would throw up. I don't, I don't throw up a lot. Like, uh, but this video, reading, reading the description of it made me gag in my mouth, in my mouth. Uh, Man proposes and God disposes. That's my hole. That's where it spits. And... Uh, reading reading it and i've seen the video like at least two times and by far the grossest shit i have probably ever seen in my life uh i'm telling you right now we all remember it we we didn't eat chocolate ice cream from mcdonald's for a while that's the reason why their machine is broken it's because we all have war flashbacks from the the two the trailer apparently the trailer uh for hungry bitches um that's why mcdonald's ice cream machine is always broken because of that video and it's amazing, like, I didn't know the story behind it. I just knew it was, like, a shock video. You show your friend, you try to film their reaction, yada, yada, yada. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah, I remember one time, um, I think I had just, it was at my parents. We I just had people over. I think it was, like, a part where I was having, like, I think it might have been, like, a birthday party or whatever. Uh, we had one friend, and his little brother somehow just tagged along. It was kind of one of those situations where, like, he tagged along, and we were just like, whatever. Uh, you know, we didn't like hate him or anything. He was he was pretty quiet, and so I mean, he wasn't not not like quiet, but he didn't annoy the shit out of all of us. So I mean, like he was fine to have around. Um, and eventually, and this kid was like a lot younger than us, and so he was. We were just like, you haven't seen two girls one cuff, <laughs> and so we we all were like just in the room, and uh, you know, uh, we sat him down to watch the video. We all kind of like we're looking at his face slash kind of turned away because we did not want to see this video. So like the video's playing, the music's playing in the background. This kid just giggled the entire time. He didn't nothing. He didn't laugh. I remember one friend in the room. Like we had like a like a you know like a photo on the wall or something like, and then like you couldn't see like a reflection out of the picture. And like he's like, oh god, I looked at the the reflection of it for a second. <laughs> it was ugh, dude. If I think about it too much, like, I will gag. Like, that's, like, the one... See, I can see a lot of heavy stuff. I've seen prolapse anuses. I've seen a guy accidentally shoot himself in the dick in the surgery to get it removed from his dick. I've seen a guy... I think I mentioned this in my booster shot uh, last week. But I've seen a guy whose face got completely torn off from a tree. 
And uh, this, that one makes me uncomfortable. They all make me a little uncomfortable, but I can handle it. This video, I think I think the vomiting is where it got me. It's like poop eating is gross to me, but then it gets the vomiting. And I'm still I'm feeling pretty bad right now, even just talking about it, dude. Uh, oh man. Um, anyways, um, but I bet most of you didn't know. Uh, the background behind it, it's, it's just a trailer for a movie called Hungry Bitches. Now, you know, trailers have come a long way since the year 2007, and, uh, even, like, now, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, the official trailer that came out, like, less than a month from the movie's premiere, like, they edited out a lot of the good parts, which I'm not gonna spoil. Movie's not out on digital yet, so I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone, but, uh, What's it on digital? It's a fair game. I'm spoiling the shit out of that. Uh, um, and so they put way too much into that trailer. They put too much stuff in that trailer. And that was too... It's too much. Dun, 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 dun. But anyways, though, long story short, let's end it here. Um, adults with children at that age, remember, don't don't give your kids the birds and the bees. Give your kids the the girls in the cup. That is going to be our new term for what we're calling uh, what we're calling uh, the sex talk is the girls in the cup. That, that's the new term, and I hope we live with that. I'm gonna stop thinking about girls eating and vomiting shit. Uh, yeah, I wrote this down. I want to be Eskimo Brothers with Harry Styles. That's it. You have to say things into the world for them to manifest for you. I'm saying this right now. I want to become Eskimo Brothers with Harry Styles. You know, um, you could become Eskimo Brothers with anyone in the world you want. And I have decided that it is a life goal as a single man to be Eskimo Brothers with Harry Styles. Um, but if I get into a serious relationship, that's going to be over. We're not doing that. Because that sounds like a good idea for the girl I'm dating to fuck Harry Styles, and we are against that, and we're not doing that. But uh, for those of you who don't know what an Eskimo brother is, um, it's kind of a... I guess Eskimo sisters or Eskimo they-thems could be a thing, but the the term for Eskimo brothers, which uh, swap it for whatever gender you want to do. Um, but the the idea is that you... And another person, uh, maybe a friend, typically, it's typically a friend, uh, or another man, uh, you both had sex with the same woman, therefore making you Eskimo brothers. So, um, we have, uh, we have our friend Cricket, uh, the person, not the, uh, not the game. Uh, I, he, he and another one of his friends we went to college with, uh, apparently dated the same chick, and he told, and the other guy told me about it. And then I told him, like, so you two Eskimo brothers? Like, whatever the Christian version of that. So there is Christian Eskimo brothers, which is a sadder version of what an Eskimo brother is. But you can be a Christian Eskimo brother. That's not off the, that's not off the topics. You could be uh, an Eskimo brother and a Christian Christian too. But uh, anyways, though, I, you know, you have to sometimes throw things out into the universe for them to happen for you. And I think... Being an Eskimo brother with Harry Styles is a good thing. Um, the only question is, I have not kept track with a lot of the women he has slept with. And he also seems like the kind of guy who would never forget a girl's name. And 
Um, that is something I'm striving for also in my life. Never forgetting a girl's name. Like, you meet, you meet a couple, you know, a married couple. You remember the wife's name, but you don't remember the husband's name. That's just, uh, that's the way I'd like to roll with my life. I just think that's a really cool, really cool way to live. It's like, you're not trying to fuck his wife, okay? And we're not trying to do that. It's just the idea you never forget a bitch. And that's kind of the, the mindset I want to live my life by. He never forget a bitch. And uh, Harry Styles seems like the kind of guy who would not forget a girl's name. Kind of like a, like John Mulaney has a story about um, his mom took him to like a Bill Clinton fundraiser when Bill Clinton was running for president. And uh, Bill Clinton remembered his mom's name and it maybe been like 30 years since they, they last saw each other. Uh, which I'm like, that is awesome. So Bill, did I say Bill Cosby? Bill Clinton. If I said Bill Cosby, I meant Bill Clinton. Um, I, don't, I don't think Bill... Um, I think Bill Cosby, I think, yeah, he would forget a bitch's name unless he's signing a check to her. Then that's probably why we would remember. <laughs> that's a, he's the bad guy. So anyways, I don't know how to manifest it and I don't know who's Harry Styles has slept with. Um, but in that case though, I'm going to become asking my brother's Harry. It's maybe Harry, if you, if I can reach this message out to you. Um, help me out there. I'd love to, I love us to be brothers, the, in the Eskimo brothers. I feel like that's a, it's just, uh, it's what I want to manifest in this world. Yeah. Let's drink some Diet Coke. I can, I can eat anything. Diet Coke. Not sponsored, FYI. Okay. All right, so I am re-watching all of the 2021 live-action Marvel Disney Plus shows, and I am starting with WandaVision. So um, I initially, I initially with all these shows I'm, I'm going to talk about over the course of time, I've watched all these shows week to week, and I'm wanting to see if these shows are better or worse uh, when you're able to sit down and binge watch them in like a sitting or a couple sittings uh, better than week by week. So when it, WandaVision was initially airing, uh, I, I, don't, I was just like every week I was really frustrated because it didn't seem like much was happening episode to episode. And then by the time you get to the episode, it's leaving on this cliffhanger and you just be annoyed with the cliffhanger because like nothing happened the entire episode. Now finally something is happening. Episode's over. And then you get to the next week's episode and it's just kind of fell short of like the cliffhanger they were trying to set up and... I just not, didn't seem like it was really that important to begin with. And, like, the show, like, nothing happens really in the show until episode four. They're like, oh, now we finally have an explanation of what's going on. I think it would have been a little bit better maybe if they ended episode two with that. And, you know, and then they finally got into all the other shit and you know, like that. It just suffered a lot, like, the way South Park season 20 um cast over because they ended every episode with a cliffhanger but then they set up for the cliffhanger and then uh then they didn't really follow through very well with it and so it's just kind of the episode fell flat in regards to that um so i feel like the cliffhangers really didn't help it out and especially then you're like oh i have to wait another week and then like the week okay let's finally see what happened and then it was just nah didn't really didn't really matter at all um and they also kind of did really bad on building up characters or like surprise cameos. They're trying to build something up to be really cool. And it just kind of ended up being really nothing. 
Um, and you know, Paul Bettany originally, like you know, when the show was coming out, he's like, uh, there's an, a- I'm, there is a surprise cameo from an actor I've always wanted to work with. And I think we work really well together and it ended up being him or spectral vision uh, in the show, which I mean, it was fine. Like it was a good joke and at least it's set up at least kind of set up something cool, like a cool, different kind of character in regards to it. But then there's also like, who's the villain all along behind this? And, you know, you kind of like, Oh, it was Agatha all along. And then you're like, is Agatha working for someone else? And like, they kind of set it up. Like she was working with someone else ended up being nothing. Um, and the worst one was, uh, Monica and Bo, uh, set up like in the episode, it's like, Oh, I have an astrophysicist friend that's going to help me out. And we're going to do that. And like, they set it up to be like this big cameo, like, Ooh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And a lot of people are guessing like, maybe it's blue Marvel or maybe it's Reed Richards. And like some people are even like, well, maybe you could even be just like a scroll. Maybe look someone she was friends with when she was a kid, you know, they, they set up in captain Marvel and it just turned out to be fucking nobody like nobody. And that's what people complained with like, um, Zack's like the uh, Zack Snyder Justice League or Batman Superman and movies is that they would like make these like villains like I mean getting a Justice League like the people trying to like rob that museum or whatever like they were nobody like and people were complaining like why don't you just make it like a small time character from the comics or whatever instead of just being nobody because you have this whole arsenal of characters you could use and it just ended up being nobody and I don't know this astrophysicist just ended up being nobody and it and honestly, it would have been really cool. Like, I think I should have just went with a scroll. Um, and, you know, set up like that. Or they could, I mean, when a scroll would have been cool. I mean, it may have been too soon for Reed Richards. I think people are just, like, waiting for, like, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men references and the MCU. But I kind of feel like they didn't start planning for it until they finally got the approval or, they, the you know, the deal kind of finally went through on that. They, they That's when they waited. They That's when they finally made that deal. And, uh, yeah, so I wasn't expecting too much Reed Richards. Like, Blue Marvel, maybe, I was expecting. But I was kind of guessing it was going to be a scroll. And uh, ended up not being a scroll at all. It was uh, nothing. It was nobody. They set everything up. Ooh, astrophysicist, who could it be? And it, believe it or not, it's no one. And, uh, yeah, so kind of let me down there. Um, so as a week-by-week show, I would say of all the ones that came out in 2021, the live action, I would say this one is by far the weakest of all of them. It was clearly written really well, designed, um, designed really well. I love the way they use like practical effects. Like in the first episode, they're kind of mimicking Dick Van Dyke and, or something like that, or I love Lucy and like Bewitched. you know, the plate like came towards vision's head and like broke. They could have used CGI, but they didn't use like more like practical effects that they did use back then. I thought that was really cool. Um, but like, it was more or less designed to be one to be sat down and binged, but when they were releasing it week by week, by week it just, ugh. I mean, like, I appreciated all, like, the references to, like, you know, I Love Lucy, The Dick Van Dyke Show, Brady Bunch, uh, Full House, uh, Family Matters, you know, I appreciated all that, but same time, you kind of want something to be going on, like, that's why you kind of watch these movies, and that's why... Uh, and that's kind of what I think some problems with the Netflix shows, because there's a lot more talking and nothing than actual cool stuff going on. I mean, obviously, Netflix show, Marvel shows are really cool, uh, not including Iron Fist. But, uh, yeah. And so, and so, like, honestly, you know, I like WandaVision a lot, but out of all the other ones, I'm going to have to say this is probably my least favorite Marvel show uh, that's came out. But, I mean, there's a lot of things I really did like about it. Um, one, I would say uh, the 10-year-old, 
the or the kids who play ten year old Billy and Tommy. I thought they were phenomenal. I was like, huh, kid actors. I wonder if they're going to be doing much because you know they're obviously supposed to be wicked and speed. And then like I think when they did the Malcolm in the Middle episode, they actually had like significant roles and they were like terrific. And so I hope they don't recast them whenever they finally get around to making a young Avengers project. That's just me. That's who I am. And uh, this is the type of guy you get. Um, I think, yeah, like I said, I think like I said before, um, the way they parodied, uh, time period television was really great. Opting for like more practical effects over CGI was really cool in regards to the parody like that. And, uh, you know, overall, I think it's made Marvel YouTubers like make a, and podcasters obviously make a lot better predictions on what's going on in all these TV shows. And so, yeah. So, because, like, now they're not, like, because after Mephisto, like, everyone thought it was going to be Mephisto, and they're like, huh, there's hexagons on the blanket. Is that Mephisto watching the entire time? And everyone's making, like, uh, good actual guesses on what's going on. They are just not, like, hitting it out in left field, like, with these guesses or make practical ideas on what's going to happen next and stuff like that. And so you get to, like, Hawkeye, Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's a lot of, like, a lot of good guesses and a lot of good ideas like who could be them could be them a lot of good guesses now and people aren't just like making up random ass fucking shit now and i think that started with age of ultron and now it's finally ending i think it finally ended with wandavision so luckily for you every every episode of wandavision is out now on disney plus so if you haven't watched it i will say go watch it. it is a terrific show um i'm just saying though since they did release it week by week and it's not necessarily a good show designed for a week by week. It's definitely definitely designed to be like sat down, consumed in large chunks in the way you would like to do it, not having to wait an entire week for something that's just going to let you down over at the end in one sitting. So that's my thoughts on uh, WandaVision. Hopefully I will get to uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier very soon. So that's where you're going to have to subscribe to the show. That's, uh, that's the way it is. When an enemy shoots at you, you pull out your Captain America shield. When Doc Ock attacks you on a bridge, you control the nanobots from your iron spider suit to control his arms. So why are you allowing all these websites to store your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using our link in the description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Anything can be delivered to you these days. Beds, bananas, bricks, and even boxes of beans. But what about alcohol? Yes, 
Even alcohol can be delivered to you thanks to today's sponsor, Drizzly. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it is being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So I know that in this crazy, crazy world that we're living in right now, um, we there's so many more questions than answers. And I know for me, it's my job to bring those answers out to you. What? So let's just uh, let's just jump into it. Um, so let me answer some of your questions. If you have a question you want to send me, you can direct message me or DM, as the kids would say, over on uh, Twitter or Instagram at the Shweezy, or you can email the Shwedcast at gmail.com uh, for more information on all your answers. So, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into let's it. Let's just jump into it. Why are younger generations so obsessed with broadcasting that they are not straight? So a couple of days ago, my girlfriend got this message from one of our young fr- younger friends. She's around 21. We are 26. This friend was trying to convince my girlfriend that she can be bisexual without actually having done anything with another girl. Just checking girls out is enough. She says so. My girlfriend should just claim being bisexual. What she didn't knew is that my girlfriend already is bi and had a relationship with another girl, but she kept it private, not telling everybody because she sees no point in doing so. Uh, as we laughed at her attempt to explain bisexuality this question just popped into my head why do people younger generations especially feel the need to broadcast their sexual orientation so much to the point where it's starting to look more like a religion to give you an example this girl went to a new year's eve party with her boyfriend the party whatsapp group had her name new year's eve gay edition and the description read every straight person discovered will be kicked out so she got her boyfriend to pretend that he's bi as well is the sexual orientation the new music genre debate uh when i was 15 people were split up into music genres that was their core component that made up a big chunk of their personalities is the same thing happening nowadays with sexual orientations i am aware of the fact that some people really are bi or gay etc i'm talking about only a segment of the lgbtq community and saying i'm and again, I'm not trying to downplay sexual orientations, but just saying that you're bi doesn't seem, to me seems exactly as easy as saying you listen to X genre and proof that you have it. A crowd of people just like you based only on sexual orientation really to accept you for who you truly are. I said this like last year sometime or maybe the year before the 2020. I, I, it's somewhere on this podcast. There's examples of me saying this, but. I oh I think maybe in last June maybe last June during Pride Month I I said something like people are just you know and I, I was making a joke about how um, uh, I was going to wish everyone a happy Pride Month but I haven't figured out how to make it about me yet and then I made the jokes like you know I could just tell people I'm bisexual and then never do anything with a guy and yeah and I think this is this is saying a lot of things like that and I think this is what I had to say a lot um, that people are just pretending to be. 
uh, bisexual just because it fit in, be cool. Because because I've mentioned this a little bit on many other times before, but I feel like there's so many people out there who are just uh, who have no talent but kind of want to be famous and have their like have a their own specific identity. But I'm gonna be honest, not everyone's built different like me. Not everyone can be built different, and uh, yeah. So I think like people thinking, um, and I and honestly like right now being gay or being bi or being pan or whatever you are or non-binary, uh, it's very in right now with the kids. It is, and uh, uh, what I know <laughs> that's I don't know you're thinking. It's, it's very in, and um, I don't understand it, um, but I. I'm a straight guy, and uh, I know most of you are probably thinking, oh, this guy's gay. Did you, I listened to you try to explain how sex works earlier. You're probably gay. Um, uh, so, and I don't care if someone's calling me gay, because, like, and honestly, it's, it, that's a weird thing, is, like, you get so upset, it's like, oh, you're gay. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to, I don't, you don't have, you don't get to control who I fuck, so, um, go ask yo mama. Oh! <laughs> um... Yeah, so I always thought that was weird, but uh, yeah, I guess it's just hip to be, you know, to to be in the LGBTQ community. And I always thought, yeah, and I, I hate the idea that they have to be this whole separate community because, uh, as a Garth Brooks billboard would say, um, there's only one race, and that's mankind. And uh, uh, all people all taste the same, no matter what race, as I assume he really meant. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. So I don't know this idea. It's like this. I don't know. I feel like being maybe being LGBTQ or whatever is like supposedly this certain club or whatever. And sometimes people just want to be in. I feel like be saying you're bisexual is is like an easy way in because you can just be like I'm bisexual, but then like you don't have to prove it. <laughs> like no one's gonna ask you to prove it. Um, and even being gay and stuff like that. Like no one's gonna be like prove it. And if you do, you are. There's a lot of problems in your life that you need to question how you got to the point where you're asking someone to prove their sexuality. Um, because at the end of the day, and I always think it's weird with sexuality, at the end of the day, um, no one really needs to know who you're fucking. Um, no one needs to know what your kinks are and everything, unless it is little boys and little girls. Then we have to know that kink. Then we can murder you and make sure you don't reproduce. And we got to... I don't know if it's a genetic thing. We got to get you. You got to leave this society for the rest of your life. You got to leave. Um, That's rough, buddy. Um, that is a weird thing. I thought it was really funny if you have to work with, if you're like applying for a job with like kids or whatever. And then like, I think it'd be really funny to put on like a questionnaire. It's like, what are your sexual kinks? And then you type in your sexual kinks and then you're like, MILFs. And then if you see that, they're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you're hired. Shit like that. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's really appropriate for like a job interview. But I thought it would be kind of funny in regards to like working with kids. What are you into? Milfs. Are you into milfs? Absolutely. <laughs> um. Anyways, I just, I just think it's a uh, people. People think being LGBT is cool, and uh, and and so I think people are just kind of wanting to do whatever they can to kind of get in and be like, I'm non-binary. I'm gonna get a bad haircut and say that. So like you're not non-bond, you're just a kid wanting attention, and it's hard to. And I'm not calling out anyone specifically, just FYI, because everyone's different. Everybody poops. Um, doesn't matter what gender you are, everyone poops, and uh, that's a fact. Uh, next question we have: 
Should you have to tell the person the first time you have sex that it's your first time? I know it's probably awkward the first time having sex. The question is, do you tell them or not? Do you have to? Some people don't want to have sex with virgins. Some do. So, um, this is, this is a rather good question. Um, the thing is, the thing, yeah, no, this is a good question because, um, because it depends on who the, how would say, let's put yourself in the place of a virgin, like most of you probably think I am, after hearing me to explain how I, how you have sex. Um, so you, you're, you're in a position where you're gonna get laid, and, uh, and that's the thing. So, it, it all, to me, I would say it depends on who the other, per, the person on the other end is. If, it's someone you care about, maybe, and because if it's someone you care about and they care about you, it's it's a, it's a different situation. However, if this is some cum dumpster slut that you met in the trashiest bar, and uh, you're never gonna speak to this person ever again after that, then probably don't because it doesn't matter if you're bad. You're gonna be bad your first time. That's just that's just how it is. Um, and honestly, um, you could you could be really good at sex a lot of times with different partners, like, there's, like, a rhythm you have to get with the specific person, too, so, you know, that's why some people are like, oh, one-night stands are bad, sometimes it's just, like, it's like, like I said, it's like the gas station, come and go, and, you know, sometimes you just nut and then leave, and then you're like, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys, <laughs> shit like that, um, so, yeah, so, those are the two extremes, I would say, um, and then you may find yourself somewhere in the middle. Um, if you're dating someone, obviously it may, may be good. Um, but don't be, don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And be like, oh, I wish you were a virgin too. I'm like, don't, don't, don't expect anyone to be a virgin. Okay. Um, it's not fucking Saudi Arabia. We're like your hymen's not, your hymen's broken. Um, Oh, it was from riding a camel. It's like, well, I'm going to stone you to death for not, not breaking hymens. Breaking hymens is a young man's game, folks. Um, let's just say, if you're sleeping with someone, I, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know my train of thought. It was like, if you're sleeping with someone under 18, I was like, well, that could have ended really badly. Um, I would say, um, don't expect to break, break hymens. Um, it was really funny. I heard, like, I think Esther Pavisky, she's a comedian. I think I heard her on a podcast. And I guess she she had sex with someone and, like, got her period. <laughs> and, and then the, the guy was like, oh, are you on your period? And she was just like, and she she actually was. But then she was like, no, I'm a virgin. <laughs> that sounds funny to me. I don't know. So, like I said, it typically matters the person on the other end. Like I said, if it's, like, a cum, if it's a cum dumpster that you don't care about at all, um, I'd say don't worry about it. Just don't tell her. Uh, just just be a gas station and come and go. Or make it, like, in Kansas City, they have quick trips. Make it a quick trip. And, uh, and you know, you get in there, you get your get your rotisserie hot dogs, you leave, you, <laughs> and then you go home and have the work and fart so bad. Um, that's what it's like touring in the Midwest, folks. You get quick trip hot dogs, and then... Um, your ass explodes with gas. Anyways, though, um, should you tell your partner if you're a virgin? Um, all I will always say, depends on the partner. Don't, don't be on your side. You, you have to go with your gut on that one, folks. I can't be, I can't be your guide. I can't be there for you when you're in this situation. And, uh... 
pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. Yeah, okay. All right, next one. If a girl is cute, does it matter if she's skinny or chubby? Hmm. You've come to the wisest person on the subject. Um, great thinkers, scholars, chemists, philosophers, um, even mathematicians have all agreed to one particular uh, mantra in regards to this situation, um, typically involving COVID, but uh, I kind of feel like it involves in every aspect of life, and that is stay home if you sick, come over if you thick. There's nothing wrong. I don't see, as someone who's in jail once said, I don't see nothing wrong, little bump and grind. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird concept. So there, there's, there's like, you know, there, there's all these different body types. There's skinny, there's chubby, there's chunky, there's thick, there's fat, there's obese, rotund, <laughs> rotund. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I always go by the rule. Um, it sounds like you're you're a man with a plan here. Um, if uh, my rule is because people have way too high standards when it comes to this shit. They're like I don't want a girl over one twenty or whatever. I'm like, well, what do you look like, you fat piece of shit? Um, I my my rule is that if you think she's hot, she gets you hard. Go for it. Doesn't matter. And you know what? Doesn't fucking matter what other people think. Uh, you're not having a threesome with them, so therefore, it doesn't matter what they like. Um, so yeah, but honestly, at the end of the day, I would say this: stay home if you're sick, come over if you're thick. And uh, and I really like that. Yeah. So, I always take my words to heart. I am typically the smartest person any of you have ever known. Uh, should I completely avoid talking about? alcohol to an alcoholic. I work with someone that used to be an alcoholic and they don't drink anymore. They mentioned from time to time that they don't drink. I'm not even sure if they know that I'm aware of their past. I was trying to be casual and funny and talk about how even getting drunk can't keep you from getting cold outside right now. Is that a bad move? I'm sure they have the issue under control, but do they even want to hear about it? It's not like I bring it up all the time and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but not sure how anyone that has had a similar issue would feel about it. So, um, my, so yeah, there's a couple thoughts you could have here. My general, my general thoughts would be that, um, uh, the fact that like former alcoholics, I don't think they really, your drunk stories are telling your drunk stories. Your drunk escapades are really going to be like detrimental. Like it's not going to like hurt them in any way. And like, it's not being too insensitive and you're like, yeah, one time I was really drunk. And sometimes they'll tell you funny stories, too, when they're drunk. Uh, that's the problem with AA is all the stories are kind of bummers. And I would prefer more fun stories than bummers. And uh, so I don't think telling drunk stories is going to be much of a problem. What I think would be insensitive, like, you know they don't drink. So don't be like, hey, you want to go out for a drink later? Or try to even put them in a situation or try to, like, tempt them. Ah, my precious. Um, my, with alcohol, uh, that's going to be a main, uh, thing because you don't want to be, you know, you don't know they're, they need to be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy because they have a problem. They obviously have taken care of it. 
And uh, one thing, you know, with addicts and stuff like that is, and one, another thing I don't like about AA is they kind of put on a pedestal how long you've been sober for, you know, those sobriety coins and shit like that. You can buy the sobriety coins. Like you, you don't, you can, you don't have to go sober to get those, FYI. They just kind of, they put it on a pedestal. And honestly, when you're an addict at something, you're going to relapse. Um, the trick is, though, is that when you relapse, uh, you, you got to get back up on the horse and stop. You can just make sure you stop and just don't do it again. Because you're going to relapse. It happens. And I can't imagine, I hate the idea that we shame people who relapse. I'm like, it's, like, they're an addict. And, you know, they can do a good job of maintaining and not doing it, but it's going to happen every once in a while. It's just... You have a really bad day, and it just happens. And, uh, I mean, it's not something you encourage to do again. It's like you, this one, typically, I like the accountability part of it. It's like, hey, man, this happens. Let's, you know, let's move forward and be let's be better and stuff like that. So not not necessarily telling your drunk escapade. It's like, yeah, not even alcohol can keep you warm here. I don't think they're going to, that's going to be anything triggering or insensitive to them. Um, unless they get really triggered. And in that case, I don't know. If they seem like a cool person, then they're not going to be like that. But, yeah, I think the the real insensitive part is going to be whether or not, like, you're like, you want to go out for a drink? Like, come on, come to my party. We have beer. Like, come on, just have one. You'll be fine. Like, that shit, do not do that shit. Because that's a bad thing. Um, what you got to what you gotta do, yeah, that's insensitive. But just telling your drunk escapades, not going to be that big of a deal. They should have their problems under control. And uh, mainly, just don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Hmm. Okay. What is big dick energy? My coworker once told me I had big dick energy. I told her I didn't like to talk about it. I prefer to be surprised when they see it. It wasn't until much later that I realized that's not what she was asking about. And now I'm seeing it everywhere. So what does that mean exactly? First of all, I'm going to make a guess that your dick is not big. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have a micro penis. I'm just saying it's probably not, it's probably it's normal size. It's not, a, it's not that that big. That's my hole. That's where it spits. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to make that giant assumption. What she means by big dick energy, uh, or your coworker, probably he, um, when you say someone has big dick energy, it's more of a confidence energy level. It's like you're not overcompensating for anything. You're not trying to, uh, you know, you're, you know, it's more or less just a comp being uh, a compliment on your confidence. Like, and you're just calling, they call it big dick energy. And, uh, you know, I'm a guy, so I don't know if I'm the best source to be telling this, but I'm going to be honest. I can't imagine big dicks, women necessarily need a big dick, considering that. You can get her off with your fingers. I don't think a giant dick is going to... Giant dicks, like, is your dick the same size or a little bit bigger than your fingers? You don't have a problem, fellas. Um, ladies, you could have a problem. You could be like, that's not how it works. But uh, this isn't your podcast, so um, you start your own podcast and tell me I'm wrong because um, that's the way it is. Um, but no, I think big dick energy is referring to your confidence in how you go about life in general, because, um, it's the idea when you're like, when you have a big dick, uh, you're not trying to overcompensate for anything. You're confident with who you are and you're fine with who you are. And you can, you know, you go through life that way altogether. But you know, when you have little dick energy, it's like, I got to overcompensate. I got to rev my truck in front of at Sonic in front of a ton of people. I got to 
gotta, I gotta show off. I gotta, you know, I'm gonna play intramural base softball, and I gotta show off to all my friends' wives. And uh, yeah, that's little dick energy. So it's just more or less. I feel like that's just a play for how confident you are, because you know when you think like you have a you have a big dick, uh, then like you get all the ladies, and the ladies all want you and. Women just want confidence. They don't need a big peener. Like I said, that you can get them off with a finger. And fingers aren't that long. Unless you do, unless you're like Shaquille O'Neal or Michael Jordan. Then you get them, get them massive ones. But then again, your penis is also massive, so it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I hope that's helpful. I hope it doesn't scare you. Um, and so, you know, big tech energy, you know, you just want to... Let's go full throttle. And uh, feel like a woman, a real woman. That's all it's about. You just kind of make them feel... Feel like a woman, a real woman. So... Um, yeah, that's that. Um, so yeah. Do you have big dick energy? Do you have little dick energy? Do you have finger length dick energy? Um, leave your thoughts to me and all your, all your comments and, or yada, yada, yada. Ooh, I like this one. Why is Shrek the third so bad? Uh, I'm doing a Shrek marathon with my nine year old. We are ha- about halfway through and she asked, why is this one different? I think this movie sucks, but I can't really pinpoint why, just that it's different. So, yes, we've all, anyone in the Shrek gang knows that Shrek the Third is probably the weakest link out of all of every Shrek movie that's ever been made. Um, but what's the, what's the story there? Why is it, why is it built different? <laughs> why is it built different from all the other ones? I think it kind of comes down to a lot of story and motivation. So, um, like in the first one, the, f- the first movie, it's all about how, you know, Shrek rescues Princess, you know, obviously Fiona from the tower, but it's all about loving who you are on the inside. And, uh, it's not always about on the outside. It's like, uh, ogres are a lot like onions. Uh, uh, they have layers, you know, like just because someone's green and scary and gross on the outside doesn't mean they're a good, doesn't mean they're not a bad person on the inside. And that's kind of like the lesson of that. And I just like that's a good story, except for the fact that um, they made fun of Lord Farquaad for being short the, the whole time. And Farquaad is just kind of a way to say Lord Fuckwad um, at the same time. So that's, that's, that's a problem in the movie, but we won't go to that. The third, second one um, is kind of, uh, you know, Shrek meeting Fiona's parents for the first time going far, far away. And it was kind of a lot of Fiona's dad, uh, you know, recognizing the same thing. It's like, it doesn't matter what Shrek looks like on the outside. It matters who he is on the inside and who Fiona is on the inside too. It doesn't matter how she looks about the curse and stuff like that. The third one is just like, Shrek doesn't want to be king of far, far away. So if he tries to look for Arthur, for King Arthur to be the king, he doesn't want to deal with the responsibility of that and having kids. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, Prince Charming was a villain in that. And just his motivations were like, I don't like Shrek. I want to kill Shrek. And like bad villain motivations. The fourth one, fourth one's a little bit better, you know, because it's, you know, uh, Shrek Forever After and like Rumpelstiltskins has a good quality villain and uh, smart. And Shrek has to realize that his life is good. You know, now his life is his life is great now with his kids and his wife. It was better than when he was alone and angry and lonely. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. So, yeah, it's just that motivation. Villain motivation is very weak in the third one. Um, and I think, and I think you know, the first Shrek movie was just like, let's make a good movie and had a lot of 
she have funny adult references in it. Um, the second one, they also had a good story too, because they built off the first one. And that's the one thing you've got to learn with sequels too. To make a good sequel, you have to build off of what the first one uh, already created instead of trying to make this whole new thing. That's why those like Disney straight to uh, straight to VHS movies from the nineties, like The Hunchback of Notre Dame two, uh, Mulan two. Um, like those just suck because they didn't really they tried to make a new story with existing characters instead of building off of the story from the previous movie, which are like all time classics. So that's kind of what the, sh- the second Shrek did. The third Shrek didn't do that. It tried to create this whole new story about Shrek not wanting to be king, trying to find someone to be king so he doesn't have to be king, and then him being nervous about having kids. So it's just it's just it was just a lack in quality and. Uh, and they also didn't do a musical number at the end of it, which annoyed me because the first two did these really cool musical numbers at the end of it. And then this one just didn't. It dropped the ball and it wasn't very cash money of it. And uh, yeah, that's rough, buddy. So, yeah, I guess hopefully that's a good explanation on why Shrek the third didn't really live up to the expectations. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what else I have to say on that. Okay, here's our last question. Why is the Nintendo Switch so damn popular? I tried a game on one for the first time the other day, the first model, the, and dear lord, my hands were cramped within 10 to 15 minutes. The whole thing is not very ergonomic at all, and the hardware is very primitive, gimped for a pre-COVID console. Outside of maybe Breath of the Wild, not a Zelda fan, but to be honest, a poor upgrade of Mario Kart 8 and Smash, there's really nothing is making me a, to be compelled and buy one. Is portability really a big, big of a deal? Maybe I'm just being jaded, but the Switch isn't impressive at all. So when you talk about, um, first of all, I want to know to you why your hands are cramped. Um, the reason why um, it's not very good ergonomically is because they had to make a way for like these two Joy-Cons to be a controller together, but also a controller separately and to attach to the console to be like a portable device at the same time. So they kind of had to make some cutbacks on that. However, you can get like a grip for it, which I have. I've got it from Satisfy and it is a game changer for playing in portable mode. Like I don't play in portable switch in portable mode without it. It's hundred percent though. Um, in regards to graphic wise. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty bad graphic wise. I have uh, consoles I have right now. I have the Nintendo switch and then the Xbox series S and like, Go switching from the Series S to the Switch is very, very noticeable. It's a very noticeable difference. Uh, it's like you really notice that difference. Uh, so, yeah, but they kind of... One thing is, um, yeah, the Nintendo Switch is super underpowered, and I totally agree with you on that. But there is such... I mean, they had to make it... They wanted to make it portable, too, um, and stuff like that. And uh, so they had to they had to make some cuts you know, some drawbacks to it for being uh, portable, stuff like that. And you had to think of, like, uh, if they made it more powerful, how bad would the battery life be on the console as well? So a lot of drawbacks to it. Uh, The reason why people keep gravitating towards uh, the Nintendo Switch, though, um, one, uh, being able to play something portably and then also playing something, like, on your TV, you don't realize how much you love it until you get it. Like, I... I wish my I could do that with my Xbox, but I can't obviously because it's a home console. But like with the Switch, it's nice because like you know you play on TV, then like oh hey I'm gonna go into the living room like like put on a movie, but I also want to play my game or whatever at the same time. Like very very convenient. That's why and also you get the grip too. Uh, so that's very convenient. Um, but the main reason why like I think even Nintendo stays in business 
first party exclusive. They 100% have the best first party exclusives, better than PlayStation and over Xbox. They 100% have the best uh, first party consoles. They obviously have Zelda. Zelda is a big console. Mario, every Mario game they made. 2D Mario games. Mario Maker is a game changer. If you love that 2D uh, Mario style, that's why you are. That's why you are picking. Uh, that's why you're picking that uh, for Mario Maker Two. Um, obviously, Pokemon is a big fan. Like they, they used to only be on handheld consoles, but now that this is kind of a, a hybrid handheld and home console, like Pokemon has just made a big difference in how it's running. And so, uh, this is the first time Pokemon has ever been on a home console technically because it's also a handheld. Two, like the Pokemon franchise, like it's like one of the biggest media franchises in the world right now. Um, Mario, what other ones are big? Kirby. Um, then they have, you know, like Mario Kart, like Mario Kart is hundred percent like the best racing game, uh, to play with other people. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, best, one of the best fighting games. I think that, uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawls, I think that one might, might be better than a little bit. I haven't played that one. Um, so yeah, no, like there are first party exclusives and I'm telling you right now are some of the best games that you will ever play. Like, that's just, uh, that's 100% what's happening. And uh, there's a lot of things with Nintendo I could complain about, but yeah, so being able to play something portably and on your TV is, you don't realize how much you love it until you have it. Um, first party exclusive for obviously um, where it's at. So typically, yeah, I like to play the anything third party uh, or like in like Fortnite mainly on my Xbox, but then I love the Nintendo first party games so much that it's worth having Nintendo Switch. I'm probably more of a Nintendo guy than anything else. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good explanation. Uh, there's probably more things that other people can say in the comments. Uh, but yeah, that's what I mainly would have to say on the Nintendo Switch. And that's how we're ending today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cancel Shweezy, uh, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast out there today. Uh, make sure you follow me on social media at the Shweezy. And uh, also check out my music on Spotify, Apple, Tidal, Deezer, YouTube, Amazon. Uh, all my music is out there. You finish the podcast, therefore, you don't have to get into back into the music. You have to be uh, listening to me 24-7 on all your devices, wherever you stream music. You can also support the show on Patreon. Uh, it's a great way to financially support us. And thank you for saying, in a way, for me to say thank you for being a friend. And uh, that being said... Um, we're going to end it. Remember to do the free shit. Uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Uh, share our highlights with your friends. And also, uh, if you're on the audio only, make sure you leave a review and hit that subscribe button so you know, get notified anytime I release new episodes. So, with that being said, let's end this the only way I know how. How? Hong, you love butt drugs and stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, you just finished a full episode of Cancel Shweezy. Thank you so much. Wherever you are listening or watching this show, make sure you smash that subscribe button that we can get notified anytime we release new episodes. And uh, like I said before, honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome.